everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost, and today I hope that I sound a little bit different. I have moved apartments, so got a little bit more of an echo in here, I think. That being said, you might hear a little bit of noise because uh, there are some problems going on, so just wanted to give that little disclaimer before we start. Um, but today we're going to be talking about where to cruise. And that's a question that's often hard to answer because everyone has different needs and everyone, you know, wants to see different things. And so it's it's important. I, I think that the most important thing to do is to choose a destination. And, and this is different advice than I give on ocean cruise lines. On ocean cruises, I always say pick the cruise line first and then pick the destination after because ocean cruises vary so much in what they offer. Now with river cruises, of course, there is variety in what's offered as well, but most of the time you're gonna be going to similar ports and, and the same ports even in cities. And if you've river cruised before, you know this because you pull up next to cruise ships and sometimes you're touring alongside of them. And that's not to say that each river cruise company stands does not stand out in its own way because definitely you can classify, you know, you can put these river cruise companies into so many different categories. But that being said, you know, the real, the real thing about river cruising, the real uh, deal maker, I would say, is to find a region that really speaks to you. So we're going to look first at the Upper Danube, the Mine, and the Rhine, because those are kind of the rivers that everyone knows. And maybe if you're not familiar with the the mine, you've heard of the mine Danube Canal. If you've if you've been looking at an Upper Danube cruise, and then uh, the Rhine, of course, which is another one of the the most popular rivers in Europe to sail. So these all go through Germany at some point, which I think is interesting. Um, that Germany is kind of that hub of, of rivers and, and river cruising. Um, but it also, I mean, you get to see so, so much of, of Europe going through just these three rivers alone. You know, you get to go through so many countries. When you cruise the Upper Danube, you get to go through Germany. You get to go, well, sometimes, sometimes the cruises start in Austria. But you can, you can go to Germany, Austria, you go to Slovakia sometimes on some itineraries and you go to budapest and on some if you add a land tour um, or if you choose to do an excursion sometimes you go to the czech republic and so in in those you know in in that in that section of the river alone you're going to germany austria czech republic slovakia and hungary maybe five countries and so, you know, you're really, really seeing a lot in like a seven day period. And we've done a whole podcast on the Danube, so I'm not going to get too much into it. And then you have the lower Danube as well, which doesn't really fall into this category of these popular rivers because the lower Danube has so, so many fewer itineraries, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and, and we talked about that in the Danube podcast as well. Now, when you cruise the Rhine, you're going to see Germany, you're going to see France, and you're going to see the Netherlands, and you're you're going to see Switzerland uh, for the most part. So, you know, that is also a great opportunity to see multiple countries as well. 
And then and on Rhine River cruises, you're going to see some big cities. You're going to see Strasbourg. Um, you're going to see Cologne. You're going to see Amsterdam. And you're going to see Basel. And for most times, okay, so what I'm talking very generally here, because of course there are shorter sailings where you don't do everything. But I mean, really, you have you have some of these cities that kind of everyone knows the name. And so that's a great option as well. And, and that's why the Rhine and the Danube kind of stick out so much, I think, is because you're going to these cities that that people have heard the names of. And so when you're doing the Danube, you're going to Vienna, you're going to Prague, if you choose to do an extension, you're going to Budapest. Um, and then you also go to smaller cities as well that maybe people don't know. And, and that's something that's cool about river cruising as well is that, you know, you're really going, um, you're going to these, these kind of marquee cities, but then you also go to these villages as well, which is, you know, part of, part of the charm, as I said. So, uh, then you have the mine as well. So, so usually the mine is combined with the Rhine and the Danube, but some cruise companies, uh, combine the the mine and, and the Moselle River, um, but mine the mine river usually includes uh, Frankfurt, Bamberg, um, and those are kind of the two biggest cities. Uh, Wertheim as well, um, and in those cities you're going to be able to see, but generally they are they are combined. So you know maybe you're going through the mine Danube Canal, so you start at the mine and you go through the canal and then you finish in the Danube. And so there are multiple uh, ways to kind of fit the, the mine river into a sailing. Um, so those are kind of the three most popular rivers. And then you have some rivers that are, are almost as popular, but maybe not quite as, as well-known or as well-traveled well sailed as the others. And that's going to be the Seine, the Moselle, the Loire, and the Rhone. Now, as many of you know, the Seine is in France. A lot of you probably also know that the Loire is in France. And then, um, I mean, the Rhone is also in France. It goes to Switzerland, but generally the river cruises on the Rhone are, are through France. And then you have um, the Moselle as well, which is goes through France and Germany and Luxembourg. Can't forget Luxembourg. Um, and so, you know, those rivers are a little bit less traveled than the ones that I mentioned before, but still there's a lot of interest, especially the Seine. Uh, you know, while I talked about how the Danube and the Rhine are kind of rivers that everyone knows, I think that most people also know of the Seine. The difference is that there aren't as many cruises on the Seine, but it is still a popular river cruising destination. That's where, you know, you're going to go to Paris, you'll see Monet's Gardens, um, you go to the landing beaches from World War II, and then, you know, you visit all of these little villages and, and you go to Normandy. Um, so I think the Seine is one of those that's kind of, um, it's a pretty popular itinerary as well. Um, and then, of course, the Rhone and the Moselle are popular as, as well. So you know, while while they're less popular than the ones that I mentioned before, they're still good rivers 
to cruise and and there are quite a few options um of course with the loire you have some shallow water issues sometimes but all in all you know these rivers are going to be good for people who have maybe done the danube or the rhine and want to do something a little bit different uh people who like wine people who like nature and and there's a bit of a slower pace in these areas um, then after that, we have, you know, I'm kind of going by popularity. So after that, we have the lower Danube. We also have the Garonne or Garon River. I've heard it pronounced both ways. As I've mentioned before in the podcast, French pronunciation is not my strong suit. So we'll just leave it at that. And then we also have the Douro River, the Volga and the Po. And what I will say is that, you know, at the at this moment in time there is a lot of interest in the Douro and we see a lot a lot a lot of cruise ships going to the Douro that of course is a river in Portugal um but it's still um I think it's still kind of gaining popularity but it's it's quickly gaining popularity so um the Douro is is something that I've heard incredible things about and and everyone says to do a Douro river cruise so then we have the lower Danube, which, as I mentioned, I kind of categorized with the Danube at first, but it is important to note the differences. And, and in the lower Danube, you're going to visit so many countries. You're going to visit Romania, Serbia, Bulgaria, Croatia. I mean, you know, there there are many countries. and um, but But there's not as much opportunity to sail in those areas there most cruise lines only offer a couple itineraries and so that's why it kind of falls lower on the list um and then you also have as i mentioned the garen or garon i've heard it pronounced both ways um and that is going to be france uh, that river goes through france and spain um but you know that takes you to bordeaux so that's a popular, you know, people really like Bordeaux. So people who have river cruised often, I think, look to go to Bordeaux after. Then you have the Volga, which is in Russia. It's the longest river in Europe. And then you have the Po, which is in Italy. So like the Lower Danube, the thing about these itineraries is that they may be um, a little more sparse. You, you might not have as much choice with with the Volga or the Po or as I mentioned the Lower Danube um, the Douro and then also the Bordeaux region so I think that you know if there if that's somewhere that you want to go it's just important to kind of make sure that that you're set on that destination and that you're not going to want as many options when it comes to cruise companies and that's not to say that only you know a couple of cruise companies operate in these regions but um and in some of them they do so that's why i say destination first cruise line second but then you know of course sometimes you're missing out on some of the amenities and things like that um and then you know those are kind of the big the big name rivers and and then you also have the rivers outside of europe which i can get into a, a little bit i really want to talk about the mekong and we'll talk about the nile as well um so of course the nile runs through africa through egypt and then the mekong runs through um southeast asia vietnam and cambodia and you know like like these rivers that we just talked about both of those are going to have a few fewer uh, 
a few fewer options, fewer options. Um, and so, you know, the best thing that, that I can recommend, as I said, is to kind of pick the region and then pick the cruise line. But also if you ever need any help, advice, who sails where, you can always contact either Ralph or me. Um, my email address is always in the description of the, of the podcast. And um, you can contact us on the website as well, which is always linked uh, below too. So we're going to talk about canals as well because canal cruising is different um but it's also kind of gaining popularity and and you know it's not gaining extreme popularity because the barges that transit these canals are so small you know generally they carry between maybe 16 and and 25 people um I would say maybe 25 is an average, but you know, 30, you're looking at really, really small ships. Um, and so, you know, there are more than 5,000 miles of, of canals in France. And a lot of people really like that, that experience cruising the canals. And I know that, that for Ralph, it's definitely a favorite experience. And I think that one thing that really makes the canals different than a lot of these other cruises that we're looking at is is that ship size. Um, now, I know some cruise companies that do cruises in Africa, like Quasi Europe, for example, that does a cruise on a lake. You know, those cruises are around, I think Devin said 16 people when I talked to her. So those can be really small as well. And other areas can have small, small cruises as well. But I think that that's something that kind of makes... Um, makes canal cruising stick out. Um, and of course, you all know that Ralph hosts his own barge cruises. Um, if you've listened to the podcast, we often talk about that. So um, if you're if you're an avid listener, you probably have heard of that already. Um, and then one more river that I want to talk about before we kind of wrap this up. I know that this was kind of a short overview, but I'm going to link an article in the description that might give a little bit more information, insight to these rivers, um, is the, is the Elba. Um, and the Elba wasn't mentioned on the list with, with the other rivers from the article that I'm basing this podcast off of, um, and I know that there's been a lot of problems on the Elba recently. So the only two cruise lines um, that that we know of that operate on the Elba are Viking and Quasi Europe. Now, the thing about the Elba is that a lot of ships have been stuck in that area because the water levels have been so low. And, you know, we're hearing from a lot of people that you're really using these boats as as floating hotels or boatels, as someone called them the other day. Um and you're you're being bussed around. So, the, the the difference between Viking and Quasi Europe is that Quasi Europe has paddle wheelers, so those ships are able to navigate in more shallow waters. So, I I don't think Quasi Europe has been having as many problems. Now, that's to no fault of Viking. It's just the difference in ship. Um, so, I think that the Elba is kind of losing a bit of popularity and people are, are often having to cancel their cruises. Viking has been reaching out to people and letting them know. Um, so, for those of you who are very concerned about water levels, that would not be a river that I would recommend to cruise um, right now. Um, but I think that the Elba, you know, it's in the north of Germany. It's also a great river and, and people really seem to enjoy cruising in. So as I said, I'm going to link this article in the description below. Sorry that this was kind of um, a quick overview, but 
like we did with the Danube podcast, we will go in and kind of go through these rivers and look at which cruise lines operate where and um, get into more depth. I just wanted to use this as kind of an overview because I think that sometimes it's helpful to have a list out in front of you. And, um, you know, I, I tend to do the podcast because I'm a person who likes to hear people talk instead of reading something off of a page because you can kind of gauge how they feel about something based off of their tone of voice or, you know, different things like that. So um, I hope that you all have a great week as always, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.